Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Young Minds Podcast. This episode, we had on a guest, a very special guest, Elisa Marie Tarsi. I hope I said the last name right. I'm pretty sure it's exactly how you say it. She is one of the owners of this beautiful gym, Outlift Athletics. She's also a killer beast in the gym. Uh, overall, the conversation was based on on fitness, on entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. Yes, women coming up in the in the workplace, workplace and entrepreneurship as, as owners. Well. Yep, yeah. very good discussion. Um, then just talked about her whole come up to where she is now. You know, owning Outlift Athletics. Yeah, basically all of the uh, her trials, all of her errors, all of the successes, and how they've shaped her as a person. Um, things that she's gone through in the past. We actually hit a little emotional dip at the end, which was great. It was a nice little way to uh, kind of get to connect with Lisa and see what's going on in her psyche and how she's become who she is. And I think it gives you real insight into what it takes to become successful and what it takes to get over any hardships that you find in your life. Uh, we, we break down insecurity and how you could get over things like that, um, how you feel maybe looking at other people on social media and comparing yourself and maybe uh, reasons or motivations for doing certain things that maybe were wrong, uh, some things that you maybe feel you're doing it for the right reason, and we kind of break that down as well. Uh, many different co- topics here. She kind of runs with the ball here, and she she takes the mic, which was really nice. Left us back. We, we were just chilling back. Yeah, I haven't done this little really talking nice. in a while. Yeah, for yeah. real. She's <laughs> usually trying to fight for the mic space now. Just let her run with it. So uh, honestly, really nothing more to say, man. You gotta we gotta listen to this. It's a really really good episode. So you'll yeah. learn a lot, especially ladies out there. You guys will feel a nice little empowered boost of energy and we also disproved that lifting weights oh yeah will make you big and bulky because it's probably not going to and if you can get bulky from doing very little volume then please share your secret with us but uh other than that sit back relax and enjoy the intro here we and go then enjoy the show <laughs> Baby. hey frank what exactly does it mean to be growth-minded well justin i'm glad you asked It's a state of mind where you realize you don't know everything, but are open and willing to learn more in order to achieve more. And how does one know where to learn these things? What if it's false information? Well, bud, that's why you listen to the Young Minds podcast, where they tackle the most up-to-date and relevant topics with unfiltered discussion aimed at optimizing this video game that we call life. Wow, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes and Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> so I don't want to shit on it and ruin it. I was like, maybe we could add something at the end. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. You made it. I literally just oh held my, my breath that entire time. I was like, what's Is happening? Is red? <laughs> no, you're good, oh, man. You're good. Uh, so far. It's, so, your, it's your winter tan. Ooh, I'm sweating. Already? Yeah. Oh, you got a big-ass sweatshirt on. Yeah, and that, this is That's easy barely part. on. just do this. Oh, there you go. There's that. It's like a so, blanket. Yeah, Okay, so much for that. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I, guess I just I wanted to start with one question, very important. I was thinking about this. How was um How was your St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, okay. I figured we were gonna talk about this. <laughs> did you? Did you? I kind of did because I was like dead. Uh, I was dead in the beginning of the week. Yeah, my I, we had a great, great, awesome St. Patty's Day. St. It, Patty's lo- it Day, looked like a blast on the Insta stories. Yeah, St. <laughs> Patty's Day is like my thing. I'm Irish, Polish, and yeah. Mike, always... Mike was telling me that that every St. Patrick's Day you love to go hard. Uh, that's what it's you... just I I just find the holiday like it's always just like a fun, happy holiday. So are right? you so, Irish? Yeah, You're I'm okay. Irish, Polish, a little okay. bit of Italian in there, but um, yeah. So I. Had fun. We had some beers. We went to the Rocky Point Parade, um, if you're from Long Island. And then we went back to his sister's house. And, yeah, uh, we were just hanging out. And Mike's cousin, my boyfriend Mike, he his cousin out of nowhere flipped me over his shoulder. <laughs> and, again, we had some beers. So my reaction time was a little bit slow. So I didn't put my hands down. And I just slid. On your face. On my face. And I had no idea what happened, and my reaction to that was pretty funny, I think, because, and that's, of course, Mike, instead of, oh, my God, my girlfriend, are you okay? He's like, ah, oh, my filming God, it. filming it, putting on his story. No, but I'm glad he got it, because it was funny. But the, How annoying it, if, so so we sit across the uh, hallway from each other, right? Yeah. So, obviously, the, when I came in, I was like, oh, so I saw you had fun. Mm-hmm. And then, sitting across the hallway, that day, after St. Patrick's Day, whenever, mm-hmm. what was it, Monday? Or Tuesday? So Monday, yeah. 
there must have been like 50 people come in and go, oh, Lisa, yeah. I saw you had fun. You the same, You just have to like fake the smile every time. Like, oh, yep, I did. <laughs> I know. But it's like over and over again, people came in. I was cracking up laughing. Yeah. At first, I was like trying to like, you know, yeah, like explain the situation. And then I, by like, yeah, the 50th person, I was like, You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah I was fucked up. Okay. I, yeah, was like, <laughs> I feel like shit. And that's that. So, um yeah, it definitely got a little bit repetitive, but you know, we all had a good time. You know, it happens to the best of yeah, us. Right. So can't live it down. But, but that drinking—that's very rare for you because yeah. you are a business owner, mm-hmm. right? For a very, very successful gym so far, only been open a year, right? Yeah, or, a little over a year. Yeah, uh, you are a dance teacher. I teach dance, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I want you to take the mic now and just explain, explain where how you started, I guess, right? Where, where you started from, how you got to this position now. Okay. Who yeah. is little Elisa? Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I could go on forever. I mean, that could take yeah this whole entire go ahead. podcast. We have but hours. but yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll start you know where with my dance background. Then so I grew up dancing. I started when I was like what two or three years old, and oh wow, um, that kind of just stuck. That's I like, feel like I was still shitting yeah. my diaper <laughs> and yeah. just eating you, Cheerios. Yeah, you learn how to. When I learned how to walk, I learned how to dance too, and uh, I feel like every little girl was like put into dance class. And, you know, you take to it or you don't. It's something that I just really found comfortable with and I found a home in. Um, it was a way of expressing myself, especially being like a quieter kid. Um, school was never like my thing. I was never like really good at school. I really had to work hard at it. And uh, dance was my outlet for sure because it was something that, again, that I knew was right. It felt right. Now, were you doing like uh, outside competitions or is all? Yeah. So I did comp- dance competitions. And then, you know, you know, from there after high school, I went out to college. I went to Iona College and danced there, um, captain of that team. And then I ended up coaching them for a year. And then when, after that year happened, that's when we decided to open the gym. It was March of 17, so almost a little over two years ago, we, I had come home from, there were the MAC tournaments, it's actually the, which is, you have the March Madness going on right now, um, so I was, it was like two in the morning, and then Mike was like, let's just do this, let's open a gym, and I said, okay, and then I had to quit a lot of the things that I was doing for now what, this. What were you going to college for? Was so it dance uh, yeah, related, yeah. Or? Um, so I minored in dance, and then I ended up majoring in in public relations. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of public relations is you could compare it to marketing. Uh, mm. It's just to show your business in a good light. So I could definitely carry that major into you know what I'm doing now for sure. Awesome, awesome. So do you? So you're now a personal trainer as well. Mm-hmm. So was it the gym ownership that? caused you to be a trainer or was it that you always had an interest in training prior to that? So when I was in college, I got certified. So I was what, 19 years old when I got certified. And then uh, from there, I just did personal training. So I've been personal training since then and and teaching dance since then. Uh, after college, I did a bunch of internships. I did the office jobs. I, oof. you know, they were, gr- what? I said, oof. Yeah, they the were great jobs. opportunities. And, um, I learned a lot, and then I learned that it is not me to just sit in an office for working for someone else and working for the bigger man, and uh, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it, and I was still personal training on the side, still teaching dance on the side, so I was always doing those things that I loved. I think it's always important to keep your passions in your life, Um, and then... Now, were you you into lifting at that mm -hmm. time? Because the the Elisa I know is mm -hmm. like... One of the strongest people, the strongest women in the gym right now. I was, and it's 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 learning. incredible to watch you lift. Thank you. So, I, like, when did that start, or when mm-hmm. did you? It was just, I think it's just over time you really learn. I think we all kind of experience that in uh, the fitness industry, and uh, definitely started more with just bodybuilding and doing like total body workouts and just seeing what the gym was about. And then I ended up doing bodybuilding shows. I did three shows. I ended up doing really well. Oh, you did I did a show. I did. Yeah, I, didn't know you did a show. I used to compete. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Oh, really? To show you guys some pictures of that, I look like a different person. I was like all sucked <laughs> in. It's crazy. Vacuum sealed. Yeah. Um, so, so you did three shows. I did three shows in the span of how mm-hmm. long? It was like a year and a half, I guess. Like one year, and then off season, and then I did 
two more within the same season. So I did, I did nationals. I did team. It's called Team Universe. Sounds like it encompasses the whole universe. <laughs> but yeah, me. yeah, it's it's basically, and if you qualified in nationals, it brought you to Team U. So, um, or the regionals brought you to nationals. So it was an experience and one that I'll never do again. Um, yeah. So, why is question that? Qu- well, before that, because I just, I'd like to know mm-hmm. while you were training for these shows. Mm-hmm. Were you still dancing? I was still teaching, yeah, and I, and I was still taking class. Um, I remember going to it's called Broadway Dance Center. For any of the dancers out there that are listening, uh, it's a big dance school uh, in the city, so any adult can take it. It's kind of like adult classes, like Rockettes. So Broadway, yeah, but my, <laughs> but, no, but, but like, but they have hip hop, modern ballet, musical theater, jazz, like everything. So, Got but it. my thing is hip hop. So I remember taking class while I was prepping. And I had to leave early. Like, my body was not having it. And the thing about prepping was you're on such a deficit and you your energy levels are so low, you forget why Wait. you started lifting, you started loving health and fitness to begin with because it became so not healthy, you know, and you become so obsessed. And it took a while to, to you know, re-rack my brain on what's healthy again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So your motivations to go compete, were they to take your body to the next level, in quotes, or was it to optimize your body because you had some sort of dysmorphia or you felt like dissatisfied with the way that you looked? I never, I was always very, I was definitely, like if you ask anyone that I went to college, high school with, I was always like the girl that was into health and fitness. Um, So I've always had a passion for this and I was never, you know, just like any girl, I've had insecurities, of course. But I didn't go into this with this insecurity. Otherwise, that would – I didn't go into this wanting to be, you know, looking for something mm. else, you know. I just wanted to see where and what I could do and, and it, when I shredded down what my body looked like. And then after the fact, I mean, yeah, that kind of turned into, you know, not what I wanted it to be. It wasn't what I expected it. The industry is brutal. Um you know, because everyone's looking at you and comparing and sizing you up and no one wants to be your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was yeah. definitely an awesome experience to see what I could do and where my body was at at the time. And I think that's critical as a trainer to kind of go through your mm-hmm. – through not a mistake but kind of go down a road that you you intended to do because you had goodwill to mm-hmm. do it. But then realize that it's not actually what you wanted to do mm-hmm. or it didn't qualify as something that was like a – you know, this is something I can do forever or this is worth doing. And then you skew away from that and then you realize and you learn a lot. And then maybe you have clients now. I don't know. <clears throat> do you have clients now who wish to do that and want to train to do shows? And how do you feel discouraging them or encouraging them? I mean, I always say if someone wants to do it, I'll never say don't do it or do it. I think, like I said, it was an awesome experience, but you have to go into it ready and prepared for and what what to expect. I've prepped a couple people. For them, I, I don't anymore or I just don't have clients right now that that are interested in it. Um, but I always say, like, you have to go in this and I'll tell them what to expect as far as what they're going to feel, how they're going to, you know, making sure. Yeah, at least you have the experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, if someone told me that in the, in the beginning, uh, things might have been a little bit different. So I think that was a big part of it. And then. I think it's good to have that experience, though, of what it's like to be at such mm-hmm. a low body fat percentage, because a lot of times clients who come in, they'll tell, they'll show you a picture right, and be like, I want to look like this. Mm-hmm. And you having that experience could tell them, listen, no, you don't like you. You don't you don't want that life. Mm-hmm. The image might be cool, but that life of that, because you could tell them that I've done it three times. Right. That is not OK. Like you're not going to have fun. You're not going to enjoy anything. You're not even going to be able to think straight. You know, it's true. Absolutely. Uh I think that, like, I did really well in my shows, too, so don't get me wrong or anything, you know. <laughs> I did really well, but but I, uh, it just wasn't for me. Like I said, the people also, like, didn't really motivate me in that sense, but I think that when people look at pictures of other people that are, you know, super lean and, you know, I was eating a thousand calories a day, which oh is nothing, God. you know, and That's when people meal. tell me they're, yeah, For exactly. how long? Were you doing like a three month prep? At, by that point, it was, I was, I mean, that was at the end. So that was like for two weeks, maybe. 
time. <laughs> That's a long time. Auntie. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. I couldn't imagine. So, um, but but again, that took time to get there. So you hear all these fat diets now, and people like someone just told me about this. Oh God. Fifty. I don't know. This you eat five hundred calories for three days and a thousand the other days, and I'm like. Why? Well, yeah, no you know? shit. You're going to lose yeah. weight. Like, yeah, that's what I, I mean, said. You're going to lose weight. But you're also going to be extremely unhealthy. And then you're going to eat again normally. Yep. And Getting you're going right to get all of it plus some back. So, you know, I think, you know, anyone can realize that. But things like that, you learn, like, you don't want to do that. That's not healthy. You're not going to feel good on that on that number. And then I that's why I always preach, you know, you want to find a balance with your diets. You want to find that happy medium. You don't want to have, like, these... You know, essentially, yeah, you're going to carb cycle if you're, you know, training on, on off days. Yeah, of course, you can lower your carbs a little bit, but not to an extreme point and yeah, extreme level. 500 calories. You know? Jeez. Yeah. yeah no. And a lot of people, they're they're trying to diet to get to a certain goal. You notice, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot of clients. They probably think, all right, well, I have to, I have to dial down by the time this wedding comes in September, exactly. right? And you're three months out and they're just trying to get this steady decline in their weight. But you realize that it's a lifestyle and if they want to sustain this forever, that that's not the way to go. To be Mm -hmm. at a deficit of 500 calories a day is not the way to do it. You know, it's a way to cure the lifestyle and make them, you Mm -hmm. know, resilient throughout life and not have these like really short-term goals that end up actually spiraling out of control after. Mm -hmm. And they realize that their hormones get imbalanced and that they're they're dehydrating themselves. They're they're malnourishing themselves. They feel like shit. Right. And they're, they're like at the finish line, at the end of a marathon where your legs are collapsing. You have these shin splints. It's metaphorically the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're ending. You made it. Now, all right, what do I do from here? Because I can't sustain this rate of mm-hmm. exertion. Usually grab a box of Oreos, right? And refeed yeah. that exactly. day. You're like, After well, the competition, you're like, you're good. <laughs> yeah, what was yeah. your What was your go-to? You it had was, a backpack full of stuff? We had... After nationals, it was in it was like right outside the city. So it was in Jersey, right outside the city. So we went for pizza, but we were like, we're this close, we have to at least go to the Bronx or something for pizza. So we went out to the Bronx after my show and got a uh, this crazy pizza. And and even still, like you know, with uh, how you if once you're eating a couple, uh, you know, more carbs, just when you're it, that right? once you're that lean, it was crazy. How veiny? Oh, it was crazy. But uh. Yeah, I look at back at the pictures and it's like, I still didn't think I was lean enough. It's crazy oh, to think man. that, you know. Yeah, it, that's, what, that's, what it right. yeah, that's what it does. Yeah, that's too. what it does. And then afterwards, you know, I gained a healthy weight back, but I didn't. I thought I was so fat and I obviously wasn't. But now I am. I feel like the well, best I've well, ever Well, now yeah. your Insta bio says thick and strong. Thick and strong, baby. Thick and strong. So <laughs> thick what does and thick strong. and strong mean? Thick and strong means just healthy and strong in a sense, um, to not necessarily focus on the weight, not to necessarily focus on your actual size, but to love whatever size you are, no matter what, and to build strength um, overall. I think it's important for women to feel strong. Um, I've noticed a lot of with my clients, once they get stronger, they notice how good that feels. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important part of of training that I tell all my clients is, what, going into training, you want to feel – you want to look in the mirror and say, I love myself. You don't want to go into this these sessions thinking, I want to love myself at the end. I don't yeah. – I look in the mirror and I, you know, I hate myself. I'm going to do these sessions and then love myself at the end. That's not how this works. Well, I think there's a certain uh, mm-hmm. certain perspective you have to have, right? Like so mm-hmm. saying – you see these these people sometimes who are like 400 plus and they're like, I love myself. I'm not changing anything. I'm great. Like, oh, yeah, that's not the point. Okay. Love yourself mechanism. as who you are as a person, your mm-hmm. personality, oh, you yeah, know, your family, everything. Mm-hmm. Love yourself in that way. But have the knowledge to at least look at yourself and be like, this is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But you should still love yourself. If you're still if you're a good person, you should still mm-hmm. love yourself in that sense and use that to make it look like your body loves itself, too. Right. You know. Because what always, always tends to happen is once you always have those negative thoughts running through your head. The negative feedback loop. And you constantly, you, even once you do reach a certain goal, those negative thoughts are still going to be there. So you're going to see yourself. I was just talking to a client, you know, yesterday about this. And I said to her, you know, imagine where you like were a year ago, seeing yourself now, you'd be so proud of yourself and, you know, you know, stop putting yourself down, you know, like, look how far you've come. And even on those negative days, it's when it's really hard to think positive, 
you have to consciously think positive thoughts. And I can speak from experience with that one because it, it and it works. Um, I once heard this expression, you know, you know, the expression, fake it till you make it. Yeah. I live by the expression, fake it till you become it. Uh, I think it's so important to. Even like I said, even if you don't, if you're looking at yourself, and you don't actually think or believe in your head that you look beautiful in the mirror. You're just saying it because I told you to or something. Repetition. The more you do it, the more you'll actually believe it. The more you'll actually become that person. You'll become that confident, that strong person that you know that these people want and and look to be. No, you're right. It or always should, it always starts be. in the mind. It mm-hmm. always starts with what you think of yourself mm-hmm. or what you think of of an event, and then it compiles on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because when I was 17, I started personal training, mm-hmm. and then once I was 18, I was able to actually have my own clients, mm-hmm. and. I'm 18 and I'm training 47-year-old men and women mm-hmm. and I'm looking at them like, y- you know so much more than I do mm-hmm. about about life, right? But I do have this one little niche above you, which is I understand physical fitness to my extent. Mm-hmm. At 18 years old, you don't understand fitness. You just don't. You're just out of high school. Right. You know, you, you don't have the confidence. So you have to build it. And that was my motto completely. And I really, un- I really honed in on that. I was like, you have to fake it until you make it. And I, I would just reinforce them with these positive anecdotes. And I would sometimes even lie and fabricate how I felt just so that I could, I could, uh, illustrate this this positive image so that they could try to replicate that as well and it took so much for me to fake it but i knew at some point you would actually feel it and like the positive thoughts mm-hmm. would be real at some point and within two years of training i i was that guy right. i turned into that person you know you, you build like wisdom over time right like i said the, the fake it to you become it part like even just walking around you know like i said if you don't necessarily think that you might be that that smart knowledgeable confident person but act upon that be an actor pretend like you are pretend like you're that person how would that kind of person act they you know have their shoulders back chest up they'd open up you know they'd sit nice and tall things like that you know even your body language makes a huge difference and then eventually that's something that you just start to sink in and you become that person uh, with the gym i can't even explain to you how much that was my motto for for the gym and um being a female in the gym uh, as a as a owner and a and a boss, you know, um, it was hard. To at the yeah, I actually wanted to talk yeah. about that because mm-hmm. I know you and I discussed in your office a little yeah. bit how that was exactly what you just said, like you being a female as a boss, and some people maybe not taking you serious. Mm-hmm. So explain if you have any stories or anything, or what you feel like at least. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest and open, I you know I would ha- there'd be times I be crying to Mike just out of the frustration of having to constantly prove myself and and show that I just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I I don't know about the gym or I'm less lesser than the male uh but in the beginning it was hard the beginning I was still definitely very insecure um just as a as a person I was still just recovering from mental issues that I was having from, you know, the couple years before that. And I was just going through a lot and I was forced into a situation where I felt uncomfortable. And, you know, I knew this was right and everything else felt right. Like the gym outlet felt awesome and it felt so right. But actually getting into it and being engrossed in it so fast and immediately was a big switch for me because I'm very, I'm very much an introvert. Um, you know, like I said, I'm quiet. I'm, I can be timid, but, um, I had to really come out of my shell and it took a lot for me to be that person. And like I said, when I, you know, when I speak to a man, sometimes I have to speak to them differently. I have to, again, stand this way, stand taller, open my feet wider. Um, you know, maybe lower my tone of my voice, but if I'm speaking to a woman, you know, it's a little bit different. Oh, I might, you know, lean into them, you know, be more myself. Um, but even women take me differently and, and don't realize it. They'll just assume, oh, are there any instances, the, the are there any instances the where you saw that apparent? I mean, it's just like almost, an every, it's almost just every day. Um, just little things that, that people do and that don't, 
but they don't realize. Because um, I know you and Mike if, have the desk together. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. right. Just if people assume that, you know, they'll they'll either always ask for for the for the man, or they'll always assume that I'm not an owner, or not a boss, or I don't know the answers to things. Um, and I think people take advantage of it a little bit too. Uh, but I'm tr- I try myself, like I said, to you know come across more. More, uh, like I said, more of that confident boss type of person because mm-hmm. I'm not used to being that person at all. So it was really like that switch was really hard for me. Uh, but I definitely feel so much better about things now. And I, I, I know that I know what I can do and I know what people believe in me. And I know we uh, make a really great, awesome team. So I learn a lot from from Mike as well. Uh Sometimes it's just hard to explain how it actually is. Mm-hmm. Well, you're two yeah. different people. I mean, it's like it's yeah. like me and Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Caitlin's quiet, and mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. Exactly. Right. And so Mike's all over the place, even more so mm-hmm. than I am. Mm-hmm. Mike's like over the. T- I've never seen anything like Mike. <laughs> and then I'm, you're just like Caitlin, mm-hmm. or like you used to be just like Caitlin, because mm-hmm. now you're saying you're, you know, a lot mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. You can usually see when there's a pair of people who come together, they they mesh, right? It's like paint. Mm-hmm. Right, like which which color is more intense will kind of shine through when they're both both mixed together, mm-hmm. and like you'll see some things like you'll combine attributes over time. Uh, I've noticed this with my relationship. It's like you have your strong attributes as an individual, but then when you come together, some of the attributes of of both of you they compete a little bit, and maybe one is stronger than the other, and then you subconsciously start to digress. You pull mm-hmm. back a little bit from that one attribute. You say, you know what, that person has a little bit more of that. And I'm going to let them do that. And then you start to just – that goes dormant. And then you almost feel as if that's how things have to go now. And then your strong points where they're weak, that's where you really start to run with it. And then that team dynamic starts to create this blend of the two people together and you just have like an all-star team of you too. And I mm-hmm. think that that also works as well. And if you could own that, I think that might be something that you could use to your advantage. And I feel like you guys have. Mm-hmm. Um, so like to be an individual the entire time – and that would be impossible to work together, right? So you do have to kind of combine and have that teamwork. So do you, do you feel like it still gets you down at all when you feel like people look at you like, ah, oh, no, she's not the owner. Mike is the owner. Do you feel like th- that people still look that way? Not so. At this I, point? Uh, like not even at, people who know you, like not they've at, known not your at, team. Definitely not at this point anymore. And now I'm a little bit more secure with just I know what I am and I know what I do and I know – that this is what I created also. Uh, So the having to prove myself aspect of it isn't quite there as much anymore in a a positive way. But it still affects me every day to just have to put on this, this like cape almost of, of someone that I'm still trying to, to get used to. Uh, Because when it's just a lot different when you're you know in this as a, as a woman and as an owner and people still aren't used to it people still aren't used to seeing you know a young woman as a as an owner I think in, in the gym industry it's very different too because you know a lot of the time it's it's male oriented and, and I think now it's obviously you know more women are starting to lift and I think that's awesome and I and I preach that to no end but you know it's just even just small things like if you know a worker comes in and They'll literally push me out of the conversation to talk to Mike or or something like that, and it's 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 hard to because you can't just be like, hey, talk to me, you know. <laughs> I can imagine because you know? this is your baby too. Mm-hmm. Like this is you, right? You know, you worked mm-hmm. from nothing to this, right. To get it, and you're just gonna be pushed aside like that, right? It's like what the fuck? Exactly, exactly. So, but it has made me grow as a person tremendously, for sure. And uh, well, that's the way you have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Nothing but lessons. You know, nothing but growth from the bad things and the good things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. So let's switch gears really quick. Ooh, go ahead, hit it. Um, while we're in a gym and as for training, um, a common misconception is that women don't like to lift weights because they feel like they're going to get big, bulky, and manly. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem like you're defying that. So 
How about you uh, give some advice to the ladies out there who stick to the cardio and abs routine? That seems the, to be getting the donkey them... kickbacks with a band. Yeah, yeah that's maybe yeah. that's like that's a lot, man. They might get bulky, but yeah. <laughs> I if think you could give us some advice. Yeah, I think this industry has gotten a little saturated with, uh, you know, fitness experts in a sense. So, like Justin, especially. And I. <laughs> well, let's. I'm kind of speaking on, you know, like. Everyone, you know, all of these girls want these this ass, right? Everyone wants a butt. Everyone wants a booty. So, yeah, I play on that, of course. And I think that's great. I think it's healthy to, you know, want to have some curves and, and embrace them. Uh, but there are certain ways to get there optimally. And I think if, again, I'm just talking on, on, your, on your glutes right now. Your glute is a muscle. So, obviously, if you eat, it's going to get fat. And if you train it and you squat, it's going to get – it's going to grow. Doing like little banded works, I don't really see that being super effective um, to actually grow a glute, you know, um, just like your bicep. Add volume to it, it's going to grow. Same same with your with your glutes. But I have dabbled in a little bit of everything. Like I said, I did bodybuilding. I have a dance background. I did powerlifting and I would still say like my workouts now are like power building and I my goal is still to do a powerlifting meet at some point maybe um which you you but, would, awesome. you would do but really well before, would you would well, you squat well uh, that was like 300 but that was before I broke my foot so I once I broke I my foot you, I, still, I spotted you for yeah. a couple PRs your bench yeah, yeah I think <laughs> it was your bench, my bench and, my, and your squat yeah, yeah, right yeah, you can't really, what, was it? what was it 300 watch that, but, uh, 300 and my bench was 190 and then Damn, I, my deadlift right? was, <laughs> your bench is OD. Yeah, yeah my, my bench. Like, my that's bench, almost that's almost Frank's. Yeah, yeah my that's bench like was, close to mine. <laughs> He's not even kidding. I don't yeah, know like, why my no bench bullshit. was so strong, um, <laughs> but I still have to get back there since after I broke my foot. So it's kind of a little frustrating. So right now I'm kind of dabbling a little bit of everything. So I'm kind of enjoying that ride also. So I'm incorporating a little like the dance stuff, like my stretching and trying new new and different things. Like I climbed the rope the other day, which is a huge thing for me because I am terrified of heights. And I will throw in, I'll do like usually a power movement in the beginning of my workout. So either squat bench, deadlift, and then accessory from there. So like I said, more of like a power, power building type style. Um, yeah. Lifting weights, like of course you're going to grow muscle. You're not going to get super bulky though. That's not what's going to happen immediately. If you do, then... Tell me what you're doing. Yeah, yeah right. It's <laughs> also giving us secrets. If we're talking specifically specifically about women, it's really hard to get bulky, like bulky, bulky, where it's mm -hmm. too much. You just don't have enough testosterone, right? You know, you, exactly. You just, just like Justin. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> this is a third podcast now. We talk about my low testosterone, <laughs> so this is great. <laughs> but all seriousness, you you can't like. I mean, look how much you lift. You're mm -hmm. not. You don't look like you're roided out of your mind. No. You know. No, I hope I'm yeah, not no, at all. <laughs> and what's cool about that is that you keep training in a way that's going to build up muscle. So if anyone ever thought, oh, okay, this is too much, you made it. Congratulations mm -hmm. to you. You right. you hit that muscle threshold. Like, right, exactly. Now do something fun. Now do like, you know, more sport-related or function-related mm -hmm. things and just enjoy your time in the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the one thing that I hear from women. Like, I just don't want to get too bulky. I think that that's a defense mechanism from working hard. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you I they really don't, don't love it. If they got it, if they had, if they had one day where they could test drive, where they could get into a body that has a little bit of muscle, they'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, right. I love this. Because think about what, what the body is, right? If you, if you're just coming and you're like, I just want to lose fat and that's it. Really? Is that what you want to do? Because think of what you would look like if all your fat's gone and you have no muscle. What would you look like? A skeleton, right? What gives you curves? The muscle. Mm -hmm. So it's like you actually want muscle. And they're like, oh, I, I guess so, but not too much. Yeah. yeah it's the but they slowly right. wean into it. Yeah. Once yeah. you start to – you build a little bit and you just get like mm -hmm. the endorphin release. That's enough. People are like, oh, wow, I feel so good after this. And or like a nice little it. pump. You feel the blood rushing. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's I feel my so bicep. Different. Yeah, it's a body boner. Right. You know? Exactly. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> a th <laughs> that's the thing too. I think it's it's – just it makes you feel good too. Besides the fact that it's it's healthy to exercise, and the, besides the fact that it's helps you aesthetically, it it's a therapy, and you go in there and you can feel great and get motivated to just work hard is a great thing to kind of just focus on you and kind of just get out of your zone. And I've never left a workout feeling shittier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no, seriously. Um, even on bad days, I think I've had I had great workouts. Except I was here one day. Oh. When you broke your foot. We're going to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, let's talk that about that because that was a hard time. 
Yeah, that was I a mean, bad. You went from like prime, your prime breaking mm-hmm. PRs yeah. to putting back the barbell and just feet. pop, pop. Like, right, yeah. Oh, so I was there. That's how this happened. Okay. Yeah, I. She was doing like a duck waddle. Right, let's see. Was, so what happened? I was doing foot? lunges and then I was, ha- I had to re rack the bar, but it was racked inside of a bench so i had to straddle the seat so my feet were kind of wide and i was wobbling so my foot rolled and at first it just hurt i was like okay can't put too much pressure on it and then once i took my shoe off it's like the same it was the same idea like when i when i fell on my face on saint patty's day (laughs) it was like that that like shocking just you want to cry like oh my god like what just happened um but yeah so i ended up breaking my fifth metatarsal and i uh, sprain my ankle but i keep saying it i think it is a blessing in disguise that it happened i learned a lot um breaking my foot <laughs> uh, i learned a lot on how to just recover on how on injury on an injury like that so you were out for two months or three i mean i wasn't able it was like three months maybe that i was between the crutches and my boot um being able to fully lift again like do a full leg day without pain in my foot, December. So December, I would mark as like my, all right, I'm ready to go. Well, how many months was that? Yeah, what was that? Oh, so I broke it in was this? July. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so took, to someone who's time. a dedicated yeah. lifter, that is a heartbreaking mm-hmm. experience. It's almost a life yeah. sentence. You're just like, I oh couldn't... my God, how am I going to get over this? Because if you don't have the discipline to, to uh, try to recover, then you could just keep yourself in that world over time. And, and you, you almost attribute as, as – you know, people like us who lift all the time, we attribute our lives as when's my lift today? How good is it going to be? How am I going to feel after? Like, mm-hmm. that's my day. I look forward to that. Yeah. So not being able to do that for three months, that's something, you know, you have to, I guess, find something else to be passionate about or find ways to get in there and do something. Mm-hmm. I took a lot of time just to, on my recovery, I took a lot of time You just focusing on what I can do and research and things like that to make me feel better. Um, and if we're talking about right now, current, my foot is 110%. So I took my time. I didn't push it to any limit. Well, I took it once it, once I started working out, I, I pushed it. I was going to say, you were out <laughs> working out with the yeah. boot. Like you had the boot on and I, doing No, some, I, was work, I was still working out-ish. I was doing upper body. I was doing what I could. And then along with the rehab and using the sauna and stretching and everything, not babying it, you know, mm-hmm. um, it still has to move. That that area in the foot gets less blood flow. So sometimes it doesn't heal as properly as it should. So I just I didn't want that to happen. So I, I just made sure that I wasn't pushing it too far. Like once I knew I could, OK, do it without the boot and I could start to maybe squat body weight or just the bar. Um, that's literally what I did. I squatted the bar and then I did 55, 65. That's very important, you know? not babying an injury because most people will use that, ex- use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't work out for three months. So I'll just go, you know, watch my Netflix. Right. But it's like, no, you'll actually heal it faster and if you do something. Yeah. And what sucks is I think the medical professionals who tell you to, to stay away are they really say, the don't problem. Do anything. They are the problem. And I think either one, they have, they're in bed with the PTs, right? So the, the physical therapists. Mm-hmm. So they say, don't do anything on your own. You don't know. You're not worthy enough of rehabbing your own your own foot mm-hmm. so go to this guy and they kick back referrals and i think that there's something to that because every time people get injuries and the, the science is out i mean the cat's out of the bag we know that movement is going to help inflammation if you sprain something move it don't hyper flex hyper extend but move it get the blood flowing mm-hmm. blood flow equals nutrient transport like make it happen but if you don't if you sit dormant it's just going to atrophy itself you know and yeah. did any doctors tell you not to move it or did you even go to doctors after it happened? <laughs> Good question. I, I know what I'm doing. Well, I was sitting on that couch like, when it first happened. I was like, eh, it's probably just a sprain. I probably don't need to go. And then as like all the members start walking by, they're like, you need to go to the doctor. It's like this big. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like blown up. Um, yeah, it was enormous. Uh, but my my what is the what are the foot doctors called? Podiatrist. He wasn't. Is that what Opt- they're called? There's, well, yeah. The Orthopedic. Oh, an orthopedic. Would be yeah, yeah, yeah. My orthopedic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My orthopedist. He he actually was very impressed, I guess, with the way I was healing it. So he was kind of just let me. I went in for my few appointments that I had, and 
he was like, you're doing a great job recovering this. So he, he kind of just trusted me, which was really cool to hear from, from a doctor, I guess. Uh, so he didn't actually, he didn't actually tell me that I needed to stop doing what I was doing. Um, and have you guys ever broken a foot? Nope. Or yes. broken anything? Yes, yes, yes. So I've broken hearts. <laughs> but, oh, but I, <laughs> that's what happens with all that luscious it's, hair, bro. Gotta love it. I know. I'd, I'd hate me too. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> stupid. <laughs> anyway, but yes, I, I broke my foot. Trampoline. A trampoline. Got double bounced. Was up like 15 feet. Came right down. Snap. Wow. <laughs> I love that. I used to play a game called Egg Drop, where my friends we used to. It would be like us four. We would jump. One, one person in the middle. Two, three, and then oh, whoever yeah, was yeah. like off pitch, we would all slam on our ass, and whoever just wasn't would just get catapulted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was me. I was like, oh no. man, I miss that so much. Yeah, uh, I used to hit my ass on the floor. That's when I knew I had to start losing weight. What? Oh, because my you ass would hit the ground. Hell. Like it would be like, oh, <laughs> wow! You have <laughs> yeah, to be like, really fat soul. to do that. Yeah, you need to be <laughs> really <laughs> fat to do that. <laughs> you have to have a lot of psychological issues with food. Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, but yes, I broke my foot. Days. Oh man. So yeah. Uh, so you could kind of feel. I think how I don't know how old you were, but for me at least, I could. You could feel when it's okay and, and when you can walk on it. So as long as you know your body and... and I was just about to say that because mm-hmm. you're in tune with your body. Mm-hmm. You take care of it every day. You know what you're doing. You put it through things where it's, you know, isometric. And so you know what's right. going on. Exactly. A lot of people might not. Exactly. Like when I started to actually lift, I only took things like if I was doing legs, I took things to the point where I felt, I felt it. But if it started to hurt, like that pain like a shooting pain or anything like that, or a really a bad ache, then I would stop. I'm like, okay, let me take it down. And then it was... Sorry, well, I'm yawning. <laughs> that face. <laughs> um, I I think that was kind of what really helped the process and speed it up was pushing that extra exercise or that, that one extra rep that I did, and then finally being able to just be 100% again. See, that's awesome. That's like a... That's a dream for people because a lot of people, they they hit a – they get an issue. Like a lot of people I see that work out and get an injury, they always stick with that injury because they're always so – Pushed through. Yeah, they're right. like no pain, no gain. We got to keep this mm-hmm. this train going. Got to keep it trucking and you just – that's not the way to do it. You know, if you do it with a conscious effort and did you get to work on other parts of your body that you maybe weren't as interested in in the past? Because I know – Right now, Jen, she uh, she does Olympic lifting and her forearm, she a ligament in her forearm is really, it's just irritated. Mm-hmm. And every time she goes to snatch or she goes into hyperflexion, it hurts really bad. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we went to the gym and she was like, I, I can't continue. Like this sucks. Within 30 minutes, I was like, you just got to start working on something else. Like let's, you know, allocate resources to something else. Go somewhere else. Don't put your mind so far into this one discipline because as you do it, you're going to ruin it for yourself, mm-hmm. right? So if you're so caught up on one aspect, like, oh, I got to build my butt, I got to build my legs, and then like your foot bre- your foot breaks, now what? You know, your upper body's still there. You still have a lot of other parts to your body to, to focus on. And maybe you could strengthen something like, you know, your core. Mm-hmm. Focus on that. Like, did you focus on anything that's different in your body that you didn't feel, you know, would use your foot? So maybe, hey, this is the time. Yeah, uh, well, I did hella Larson presses. <laughs> Do you know what those are? I actually don't. Those are just bench presses with your feet up. So I did all sorts of variations of those. Uh, and then I did a lot of stretching. Um, I was gonna, that's what I, I was going to say. I remember of, you mm-hmm. doing a lot of stretching. I did a lot of stretching. Um, and before I broke my foot, I would stretch. You know, I would stretch for my workouts. I would stretch if I was teaching dance. Um but I really went in when I you broke would my bring foot. your book mm-hmm. oh, yeah. out to the <laughs> like, floor mm-hmm. and read a novel while <laughs> laying in a split and just like flipping through pages. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> because you know what? My body also felt so tight when I broke my foot because I wasn't moving as much. I, I honestly, you people that like sit all the time, you guys got to move. I, I understand why you hurt all the time. You guys got to get up out of your your seats, and if you're in an office job, please. I do you feel I like in you. here you sit a lot? I do. Sit, we have, and it's so funny because Frank ha- and I talk about this yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like we feel we work out. We're fitness mm-hmm. and health people, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when we come in this office and the studio, and I see you guys there too all day, you know, we sit a lot. Yeah, and, no, and we have a standing desk too. But we're also on our feet a lot during the day. 
like a lot, you know, or I mean, I can't even, our hours are over what, we're doing 12 hours a day over that 16. now, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so we're on our feet a lot. So when I'm not with clients, sometimes it's nice to sit, but I do get comfortable in those chairs and I, I do like even just sitting, you know, getting work done. I, my body just tenses up, but, uh, Anyway, back to my foot real quick. So yeah, I would do that, and I and I wanted to perfect my headstand. So I, that's oh, what I did too. I remember that? Yeah, yes. that's what I did too. So I just had to be really careful with where I placed my foot. So people were always looking at me like, "Oh my god, ooh, you're good, okay." okay. <laughs> They're durable. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, because if I fell out of that the wrong way, I would have, you know. But right, that was kind of right on your foot. My yeah. incentive to actually do the headstand, so that I didn't do that. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the, the two, th that's the one main thing that I really focused on. And I still take that with me now because it felt so good to just stretch and be limber and be mobile and still at the same time. Now I can still lift also. So that was my goal was, okay, I, now that I can lift again, I don't want to lose all that flexibility that I gained. So I continue to do that now still. So that's definitely something I took from an add to my workouts now. Yeah, because then you become more well-versed, mm -hmm. you know. Like, you yeah. can be so sharp in one discipline, but after a while, not that it gets boring, but then it becomes too valuable. And then if you, God forbid, were to lose that in some accident, right? then now what? You know, and exactly. I feel like being multifaceted is so important. Because mm -hmm. I know when I when I hyperextended my wrist, I actually had the same issue that Jen has with uh, a ligament. It was on my ulna side. And every time I would push or press anything – with some sort of flexion in my wrist, it would kill. Mm -hmm. So I just really dialed in on functional fitness, like band work, things that weren't a lot of load. And I used my core a lot, and I was doing a lot of kind of multi-planar movements. And then from there, it, the translation into my conventional workouts was just incredible. And I would have never taken out the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's just it just goes to show, it speaks volumes that like we really need to diversify our fitness regardless of our injury. But the injury is the one hard stop to continuing that that pattern you know and it allows you to now open up your mind to other things and i think it's important mm -hmm. and i think that should be implemented in more people's workout regimens mm -hmm. so yeah you know i find that just super important. people just have to trust the process if you have an injury just trust the process of of getting back to normal again because it will happen the body wants to heal itself so i think people just get frustrated and, and want to baby things but it does get better so yeah. And you 100%. learn lessons you learn lessons mm -hmm. about the issue right so like mm -hmm. you do in the squats straddling a, a uh, about, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh -huh. a, bench. a bench and it's like don't I, do that again let's yeah, let's I'm not do that you learned a lesson and now you have you have wisdom i'm scarred from yeah, that right? experience yeah now we you said a little bit before about opening a gym and what that's like but we never went deep into that so mm -hmm. what is starting a business like how did it start was it just overnight just hey let's start a gym well like i said it kind of was just that one night um that's what kind of just like Someone had to just say it, and Mike was just like, okay, let's open a gym. So, why did you want to start a gym? Why? Yeah. Because it was kind of just the next step. Even as a kid, I had never seen myself in an office. I always seen myself doing something a little bit different and out of the the box of, of things, whether that was in dance, like opening a dance studio, having a gym, Something like that. I never really saw myself working for someone in that sense. And uh, before the gym, I was just trying to find myself and what the hell I wanted to do. In the back of my head, you know, my mom, like, salary, benefits, you know. Live a 401k. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, but that just didn't seem like – so I was going on all these interviews and all that, and it just wasn't working out. So it took Mike just saying, all right, let's – I think we should just do this. And I said, okay. And then from there, I quit my coaching job. I quit a couple of teaching gigs. And um, from there, we kind of just took off. Uh, we hit so many crazy obstacles in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know how imagine. much time we have. Yeah. yeah. No, go. <laughs> I mean, whatever you think is um, important. But I mean, from the name of the gym, from the location of the gym, to all sorts of scenarios that we that we encountered you know there was a period where the gym closed uh we had opened in in you know it had like a soft opening and 
in September of 2017. And then we were open for two weeks. We had members and everything. And the town of, of Brookhaven came in and closed us down. And that was the worst three months of our life, you know. You thought maybe, oh, a week or so, and you don't know what's going to happen. Like, we thought we were going to lose everything. You kind of, like, start to lose hope. But it was that resilience that we had that kept us going. And I think it's those lessons that you learn that kind of make the difference between someone that's going to make it and someone that won't. Uh, is that resilience and that persistence that you have that and that belief that you have and the passion that you have for, for what you have to offer. Because, like I said, Outlift's felt so right. It felt like it was going to be something. And we couldn't give that up. Um, between the two of us, it was hard those three months. Because, like I said, it was de- it was depressing. We couldn't even be in here, technically. We couldn't, it was hard to work. We couldn't even work, technically, out of here. So, and that was our living. That was the only way we were going to make any money was personal training. So, you know, between the two of us, one of us, you know, was always, if, if one of us was upset, the other one had to be the the motivation and vice versa. So on our relationship too, you know, it takes a toll, but you know, between us where we learn and we learn how to work together. And even last night we were in the hot tub and saying how we were like having like a little meeting, like, Oh, this is like a perfect time to have a meeting in the hot tub Friday nights. Like, let's do it. So things like that, that, that can help our business grow, just coming up with different ways to, to work together and to make everything work smooth, you know? So I was going to ask you, and you kind of hit on it a little bit at the end, um, going into business with your partner, do you feel as if it has strengthened you guys as a, as a relationship or as, as a duo, or do you feel like it, it has its times where it, it's really tough and do you feel like you can separate business from your relationship? in your mm-hmm. process, you know, like where, you know, this is him feeling his feelings towards me and me feeling my feelings towards him personally. And then there's the stress of the gym. Does that have any, does it taint the flavor a little bit? <laughs> I like your little analogies. I'm trying. Good analogies. I wish I had analogies like that. Uh, um, the gym definitely took a toll on our relationship, positively and negatively. Obviously with the negative, we talk about it and you, you just try to grow and, and work on things. Um, but from the very beginning, it's it it took a toll. I like I said uh, earlier, in the beginning with the gym, I had I was still mentally going through a lot. Um, I was not in like a good place, so that initial start off was kind of rocky and rough. But we were always he was always there for me, and then I you know things got better. And like I said, I had fake it till you become it. I, I became that more of a confident person and just like just better overall. And, you know, just every day is like a different, a different struggle, a different problem. How are we both going to work on this? Are, are who's going to do what today? And, and things like that. And, you know, we both handle things very differently. And, uh, it's, it's in the beginning, even now, because we're working so much, we can finally have Sundays off now. It's, it's hard to, to find time together because by the time we get home, we're exhausted. So we still will try to like, you know, watch a show, watch a movie, even if it's 20 minutes and 10 minutes before I pass out because I always fall asleep early, uh, just to get some time together. But it is it is hard to get time, but you have to know that you're in this together and we are a good team and because we are kind of like that yin and yang, um, we mesh really well. Uh, and He's definitely better at the communication thing. I've always been, like I said, I'm an I'm an introvert, so I've always just held everything in. Um, so talking things out and making sure we're both on the same page with things because we do, we work together, we see each other all the time, and we need to make sure we're, we know what's in each other's heads and what we're going through. And if I'm having a bad day, this is why, just so you know, type thing, if you see me in the office, like, you know. Um, otherwise, you might take that wrong. Super and then, important. then you take that home, and it's a, it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. But I think keeping everything in a relationship open and honest and fresh is the most important thing because we do still find time for each other even with the crazy schedule that we have uh like i said even if it's just those few minutes at night that we have together um i think it's so important And that goes for anyone's relationship you know i think a lot of people lack that 
aspect of it as far as, you know, finding time to really sit down with each other and appreciate each other. Yeah. But yeah, that we've had our struggles to answer your question. Uh, we've had our struggles, but it's, it's, it works really well. We're a good team. Yeah, no, I could see that. It definitely shows. Yeah. From an outside perspective, I mean, you've done a beautiful place of marketing this gym and making it a home for mm-hmm. all the members here. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, it's not just me saying it. I hear members tell me this. It's awesome. So, and, and it all stems down from the owners, you know, pe- two people who own it. Mm-hmm. They're the reason why the community feels this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we were, we said if we were going to go into this, we were going to put, you know, 200% heart and soul into it, you know? Uh, we did have smaller dreams in the beginning. We had smaller, a smaller building. Uh, like just a, just, just a train out of? Just, like, yeah, like, like almost like a clients. training studio. And yeah. then the way things kind of took and the honestly, it was kind of like those obstacles that I was saying where we had a location and then we got bailed out. And then this one came up and it was an absolute shithole. And we were like fuck like what are we gonna do like this you know it's gonna take that much more money that much more capital to start the business um so just a ton of stress but it's it turned out almost exactly how we had envisioned it you know uh and i think that's important for people to remember if you're if you do have like your own business or anything to put who you are into it and i think that's the biggest compliment that we get about this gym is the environment and the and that it feels like a home and people enjoy coming here and and they want to like be here and talk to people and it's the community and the environment and the vibe of the gym that you get when you come into Outlift um, that I think people really like and you come in here everyone's you can have someone lifting 700 pounds in the back but they could still have a conversation to you with you about you know your dog or something yeah, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's i think it's a really cool environment that we created you get a lot of motivation from here um you get sick workouts because our machines are top of the line and they have the really great range of motion and, and the, the levers on them are great so come on down that's your plug for out yeah, right Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh want to leave off on something positive here if you can give the younger women mm-hmm. uh, our audience members a one piece of advice going into the world today with all the social media pressure and all the influences that they have and body image potential issues and things that they may be insecure about is there anything that you could tell them to kind of look through and look at themselves and peer into themselves because you said you went through hard times and i don't know exactly what those are but i would like mm-hmm. to i'd like you to at least give the the uh, the psychological fight that you you had to give and try to give some sort of detail on how people could fight through maybe their insecurities, traumas, mm-hmm. things that have happened in their past, how to get over those, mm-hmm. how to look into the future and then plan your life and not take that out on other people and to not be the victim of any traumas that have happened or mm-hmm. be a victim of your oh, insecurities, 100%. things like that. One of the biggest feedbacks we get is when someone tells a story of that because everyone, every single person, I don't care who you are, there's no perfect human. Mm -hmm. You haven't had a life of just perfection. Everyone's been through something, Mm -hmm. some bigger than others, but it's all affected us emotionally in the same way. Mm -hmm. So anytime we tell a story, like it really hits home with the listeners and they really get to connect and say, wow, okay, someone out there has been through something just like me. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's warming, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I could try to talk about this without getting emotional, but, um, about you know, it was about three years ago. My my dad died, and then sorry. Oh, oh. I didn't. Have, you don't have to go into it. No, it's but. fine because it's good to talk about. You mm-hmm. know, and two of my best friends died within three months of each other. Okay. So I was going through a lot, um, mentally, and that was like right after my show too. So how I was saying, I had a lot of like insecurities with like gaining weight again and. Um, I can only imagine all that. On top of that, you know, I had these three people in my life die suddenly. Like, it was it was a lot on me, and um, it was it was hard to get through. And all I can say about if you're going through any sort of trauma or you know a death or dealing with anything like that, I think it's important to be around people you love and to still do the things you love. because at the end of the day, that is what you have. And that's what's going to make you happy. And I think it's important to keep that in your life no matter what. And um, 
with any insecurities that you have, it's it's just not – it's easier said than done, but it's not worth it. It's not worth to have these these hateful thoughts in your head about yourself and things like that when, you know, it could be gone in a second, you know. So I think the main thing to take from, you know, if I'm speaking to anyone or, you know, these young women out there, I think it's important to – to live your life through a passion and to do the things you love and don't forget where you came from. Don't forget who you are because in the social media world, it's really easy to get wrapped up in, in what's hot, what's what's the look and things like that. And I think it's important to stay true to who you are and, and what you love to do um, and just stay healthy and, and, you know, mentally, if you're going through stuff, Find that one thing that you do love, and if if you don't know what it is already, because it'll it could save you. Mm-hmm. I could save you because that's what kind of happened with me. Beautiful, so, awesome. Yeah. Could have said it better. <laughs> I meant might not that have was, been a. Yeah. I hope that was a positive note. No, that was good. No, that was, <laughs> that was good. Believe me, okay. that was very very well said. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think yeah. we're going to uh, wrap it up here, but we want you to plug any um, Instagram, YouTube, mm-hmm. where can uh, people websites, find you? Where can we find you? Okay. So my Instagram is at Alisa Marie underscore Tarsa. So A L I S A Marie underscore T A R S A. Oh, it's not Alyssa. I'm totally kidding. You see the way she just looked at me? No, no, because everyone everyone calls you Alyssa, right? Yeah, and Eliza. Eliza, that's Eliza. That's the one. I've heard that one before. Yeah, they all call me that. She almost got snapped the mic in half. And then my YouTube, you could just look up my name, Alisa Marie Fitness. Very nice. All right. Well, awesome. Can't Thanks, thank you guys. enough for coming. Thanks for having so thank me. <laughs> All righty, guys. See you again. All right, guys. Woo. Thanks for listening. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs>